and they can help with a contractor too. If you're already a homeowner and planning a remodel, browse the kitchen showrooms right here in their Sheridan store, then shop for all the items you like. Get inspired with the Connect Home Center flyer and shop locally at 1836 South Sheridan Avenue in Sheridan. We've all heard that old saying, procrastinate now, don't put it off. Well, that goes for you tuning up your lawnmower at the beginning of the lawn care season because you know you won't do it. Well, Hando says now is the time to get your mowers and tillers in to get that oil changed, belts checked, blades sharpened, and wheels greased. And remember, for a small fee, Joe Handel will come and get your machine, surface it, bring it back, cutting again like a samurai lost in a hay meadow. So don't protaskinate. See Handos today and have that mower ready when you need it. Shop, donate, volunteer. Ahoy there, mateys. It's Arnold the Pirate speaking to you from the ReStore, where we've been slashing prices of furniture, appliances, cabinets, and items for your yard. We have the best deals on the seven seas, and when you spend your doubloons here, the proceeds go to building homes right here in Sheridan County. So come see us today, the ReStore, 44 Fort Road. Um, what's a pirate's favorite letter? No, it's not the R, it's the C. <laughs> Wake up and smell the coffee lovers. McDonald's and Shared on Buffalo and Gillette are bringing back the McCafe menu magic. Delightful espresso drinks and coffees. Whether you crave the warmth of a hot cappuccino or caramel cappuccino, mochas, lattes, iced coffees, and more, you can order your McCafe coffee right from the McDonald's app using mobile order and pay for a quick pickup. Your mornings just got a whole lot better with McDonald's McCafe because, hey, good days start with a great cup of coffee. It's back. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. I am Floyd Whiting and I am stuck in Buffalo this morning due to the weather. The roads are open, but uh, no unnecessary travel. So if you're heading out there today, just make sure that you're taking your time, not getting in too much of a rush, and being safe. I am joined this morning. In the studio is Sheridan Dog and Cat Shelter Operations Manager Cindy Pop and Cat Lead Sue Johnson. Good morning, ladies, and welcome to the show. Good morning, Floyd. Good morning. How are you guys doing? We're all right, I think. <laughs> Stand by. <laughs> a little, a little chilly. Yep. Now the sun has actually come out over here. What's it look like outside over there? The sun has come out. Yeah, it's it's getting warmer. So hopefully this stuff will cook off before too long. Now, Cindy, I think you and I have actually had to do a remote show in the past, haven't we? Um, I actually, I don't think so. Might have been somebody else. No, this one's going to be our first. <laughs> Sue, I want to welcome you to the show. Uh, Emmy gushes about you. She talks about you all the time. Um, how long have you been with the shelter? It'll be two years in June. And what led the, you there to start working with cats? Did it start in cats, or was that something that kind of developed along the way? No, it started in cats. Um, I had the application, actually, for about six months, and I was looking for a different type of job. And so I finally filled it out and 
took it up to the shelter, and next thing I know, I'm working there. So you were really looking for something out of the ordinary. Yeah, I think uh, I've been in food service most of my whole life. I just wanted something different, and I love animals. So now I'm the queen of the cats. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) The queen of the felines. Now, what... Did you work with animals previously at any point in your life, or was it something that you just kind of did on the side? No, I just have my own and ended up taking four cats home, much to my husband's (laughs) disappointment. But I've always had pets. Growing up in the boondocks, we had a lot of different animals, and I just have loved animals, and I think I found my forte you know, I think that's uh, a basic Wyoming thing. Uh, you know, if you grow up around here, you grow up in the area, you end up finding a lot of different animals that you want to pack home. When I was a little kid, I had my heart set on raising a badger. <laughs> Absolutely insane. Now, when it comes to cats, though, these they're a little more independent than dogs. Uh a little more self-sufficient, and uh, we can call them strong-willed, I think. Uh, what's it like working with animals like this all the time? Well, you know, you get different ones, and they all have their own personalities, their own likes and dislikes. Um, <laughs> it's been a learning experience. And, um, yeah, it's just it's been a great learning experience about different diseases that I'd never known about and other things and how to care for them and keep them healthy and well. And my biggest goal is to get as many adopted out as I can. Now, you deal with a lot of feral cats. or I mean, if you were to guess the percentage, what would you say the percentage was of feral cats that come through? Maybe 10? Do you know, Cindy? I'm not exactly sure. It isn't too high. Um but we do get them quite a lot. <laughs> yes, and I've learned about ferals. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what's it, uh, how do you handle feral cats <laughs> like that? Because we still have to care for them. They've still got to get all the uh, medications mm-hmm. and everything that every other cat gets. How do you handle those? So, I mean, that's basically like holding a little whirlwind of fur and claws there. You, you don't really hold them. You know, <laughs> no. um, we put them in feral boxes, which is a little box that goes in their kennel. And when it comes time to clean, we put them in there and take the box out and clean the kennel and everything and put their fresh food and water in along with a litter box. And then we take a stick and open their little door back up and then they can do whatever they want. So I think it'd be a little fun to describe how we get them in there. Um, <laughs> so... Usually, feral cats will come to us in live traps, um, and we have to get them out somehow. And they're usually really long, and they the way they open doesn't really allow for an easy transfer into the feral box. The feral box is like a blue box that has like a screen, kind of like a window in the front that just opens up and then on the side there is like a little circular um hole that gets covered or and can open and so you close that side hole and you kind of just try to dump them into the top from the trap 
and it never goes well. I it sometimes it does. <laughs> Sometimes it does, but most of the time, the way the traps open, there's like a bit of a gap between the box and the trap, and they usually squirt through there. Um, and so then you're left. <laughs> Boy, they can get through anything. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So then you're left with a feral cat bouncing off the walls, trying to tear your head off, um, and they are just crazy. So in that instance, we try to let them calm down a little bit and settle in a spot, and we have like a little net kind of thing. It's like a squeeze thing. It's it's hard to explain, but basically, yeah, it's like two metal things with a net in the shape of a V, and it, like, opens and closes. And so you try and trap them in that and close it, and then, and then again, it's another fiasco trying to get them into, either into a kennel or back into that feral box. So it's always it's a bit of adventure. It's it's now, <laughs> when it comes to people trapping these cats. Um, Emmy has actually trapped a few mm-hmm. outside of our place. If we get a cat that's kind of shown up and nobody in the neighborhood seems to know where it comes from, mm-hmm. for some reason, the neighbors come to my wife and say, "Hey, could you catch this cat?" <laughs> And and she's caught a few and taken them over to the shelter over here. Mm-hmm. My question to you is, is this CSOs who are catching these cats, or is this the people in the community, kind of like Emmy, who are just saying, hey, mm-hmm. you know, we we want to protect the songbirds around here. We can't have a cat wandering around. It's a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the CSOs will be asked to put out traps in certain areas, or people will get their own traps and then call the CSO to bring them up to us, or they'll bring them up on their own. Now, I think a lot of people are probably wondering, what the heck are you ever going to do with a feral cat? Who is going to adopt these things? Where do these feral cats end up? Usually they go as barn cats. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have had three success stories. We have one that's called Ping Pong. One called Ricochet. Who's the other? Anyway, those two ferals have turned out to be absolutely wonderful. Gannon. Oh, and Gannon. And Gannon got um, adopted. We work with some of them to socialize them. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. It's usually a pretty slow process. Um, I think I did a video once on Gannon, and in the video, I had asked. Um, the person who was working with him at the time, it took six months um, to get him to the point that wow. you could even just touch him. So Again, they've <laughs> got such a strong will, don't they? They and, do. And cats are so much less dependent on humans mm-hmm. that they don't really care. You yep. know, they're not they're not looking for us looking to us for food. No. <laughs> now that barn cat program is one that I've always really been interested in because my father actually used to keep a couple barn cats. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only time he ever fed them was in the winter, and even then it was just kind of a bowl of food. You never yeah. really saw the cats very much. But these barn cats, this program, gives new life to these feral cats that that can't really be in someone's house, Mm -hmm. but they can serve a great purpose by keeping the rodents 
out of the barn, out of the feed, out of the hay. Right. Is this a popular program over there? I wouldn't say it's hugely popular, but we, I mean, we've gotten, we've adopted out quite a few barn cats. It usually takes, I feel like some people don't know that we do that. Um, so it takes us like putting posts out with how many cats we have. Um, and I feel like some people, you know, might think it's inhumane to put them back out and let them fend for themselves kind of thing, because sometimes they don't stick around the barn. Sometimes they will disappear. Um, but I think it's a better alternative to them spending their lives in the tiny little kennels, terrified of people for however long they're there. It's definitely better for them to just get out and live their lives for as long as it lasts. Now, if, if, a, if a farmer or a rancher out there is listening and they're like, you know what, that's a great idea, what do they need to do to uh, come in and just adopt one of these cats? Um, so they'll need to fill out an application just like any other person but um, or any other adoption. Um, but it's pretty simple. It's just a short application. Once you get approved, um, if we don't have any barn cats at the moment, we'll just hold on to the application and we can let you know when we have barn cats. Um, and then their adoption fee is just $10. So they're pretty cheap as well. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and, and letting them go, I'm sure, looks like a great big production of uh, the Wyoming Game and Fish. You just take the crate out there, open it up, and turn them loose in the barn. Pretty, Yeah, pretty much. If we suggest sometimes... If they're not quite as feral, and if the person has an area to do this, um, if you want them to stick around, there's a better chance they're going to stick around if you can keep them in the barn or in an area of the barn for like a week or a week and a half, maybe two, and feed them there so that they get to know like food comes from here. And there's a better chance that they're going to stick around that area. Now, when it comes to the dog side of the house, I know they're always, I know they're always running out of room. Sue, do you face a challenge like that on the cat side? Do you do you run out of room often? Well, we're pretty full right now. Not as full as when I first started, but yeah, when you're moving certain cats from strays to main adoption, it's like, oh goodness, does this cat get along with other cats, et cetera, et cetera. Do I want it to be a free roam cat, too? I need to find a certain kennel for it. So it's a challenge. How how many cats are you getting a week on average, would you say? A week? It really depends. It could be anywhere from six to seven to none. So, <laughs> yeah. So it just varies. It I mean, varies. there's no, like, cat season. <laughs> You're not like, oh, it's the spring. Here they well, come. Spring, we do tend to get a lot more, but um, kittens, kittens, yeah. <laughs> kittens, but season's it, coming. it, it really those, does the, vary. Kittens are probably a lot like puppies. They probably don't last very long in that shelter, huh? Just depends on the kitten, you know. They all have their own personality, but lighter grew up there. Yeah, I mean, lighter was with us from like a week old, I think, and he didn't get adopted till like just recently, I think. Yeah. But right now we only have um, let's see, one, two, only have five kittens right now available for adoption. But I will be moving some more 
as soon as they get their medical exams and everything, I will be moving them into the kitten room. So if anybody wants an adorable little baby, come check us out. There you go. Kittens are available. i got to take a quick commercial break. We'll have more with the Sheridan Dog and Cat Shelter right after this. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Sheridan. benefit account for Carol Hamilton, the homeowner whose home was demolished during the standoff, has been established at First Federal Bank and Trust. You can make your checks payable to Carol Hamilton. Checks can be dropped off at First Federal Bank and Trust on the corner of Illinois and Coffee Avenue. You can also mail them to First Federal Bank and Trust, P.O. Box 6007, Sheridan, Wyoming, 82801. Do you like your bluegrass served with a little punch, attitude, grit, and gravy? With that busking spirit that was so present in the early incarnations of Old Crow Medicine Show? You'll definitely enjoy Damn Tall Buildings when they take to the Mars Theater Saturday, March 2nd at 7 p.m. Bluegrass at the heart, but pulling from a wide range of influences, including swing, ragtime, jazz. They offer unmatched energy and enthusiasm, underpinned by intelligent songs that don't skimp on infectiousness. Damn Tall Buildings, Saturday, March 2nd. Get your tickets today at the Y.O. Box Office or online at yotheater.com. Great news. The oil change special at Midas has gone over so well, it's been extended through the end of February. Buy one oil change, get a second one free to use by March. A perfect deal to share with a family member. With the oil change, Midas gives your car a thorough inspection to identify any problems. If you need further repairs, you can save 50 bucks off a purchase of 400 or more with a new Midas credit card application, plus six months, 0% interest. Keeping you safely on the road while saving you money. Midas Tire and Auto and Sheridan. Everyone's story is different, but one thing is always true. Your trade-in is just as important to the equation as the new vehicle. Hi, this is Brad at Primary Motors, and we recently had a customer whose trade-in had been taken care of like it was part of the family and had sentimental attachment. We already had a local customer in mind, and they knew each other. Both of our customers were glad that they had come to Primary Motors that day. See us today at Primary Motors, 2305 Coffee Avenue, or online at primarymotors.com. So what are Shopaminiums? They combine both commercial and residential elements. Synergy Shopaminiums, a large warehouse space, a full bath, conference area, office, and a laundry. Customized to fit your individual needs. Synergy Shopaminiums, located on Sheridan's East Ridge Road, a customizable condominium unit combining convenience and functionality. Easy access to the interstate and downtown. For more info, call Sheridan Realty Associates to reserve yours today. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. I'm Floyd Whiting, and this morning I am stuck in Buffalo due to the road closure earlier this morning. Roads are open currently. 
Now, last time I checked, they were listed as no unnecessary travel, but that may have changed. One thing about YDOT is they're fantastic about making sure that those road conditions are ready for you when you need them. I am with the Sheridan Dog and Cat Shelter Operations Manager, Cindy Pop, and the cat lead, Sue Johnson. They are there in the studio staring at an empty seat across from them. (laughs) (laughs) Ladies, I really do appreciate you coming in. Um, It's one of those situations where you just got to kind of roll with the punches on this. Mm -hmm. Cindy, recently the shelter has instituted a new policy to view dogs. Can you remind us of what that is? Yep. So we are no longer allowing walkthroughs. You can make an appointment to look at certain dogs. We can get out, you know, multiple dogs for you to come meet. Um, You can also look at our website for our available dogs. And you can also just come in and look through our available animals book and pick a couple from there. Um, We're doing this for the dogs. They get so stressed when people just walk through constantly. I mean, it's... They bark all day long, um, and they really just don't show themselves um, very well. You know, it's like if strangers were just walking through your house nonstop every day. Um, they it, they just get a little agitated. They get a little bit of barrier aggression. Um, they get frustrated because, you know, dogs want to sniff people. They want to go up and say hi, and they can't do that in their kennels. Um, <clears throat> and it really doesn't help people pick out a dog when the dog is lunging at the kennel and barking nonstop. Some people overlook some really great dogs because they look aggressive when they walk through or they bark too much. When really, if they get into a room in person, they are very sweet. They get to see the true personality of that animal. Yes, yep. How has this change gone so far? Uh, are you still able to get a lot of animals out the door? Um, you know, honestly, I haven't, I haven't seen much of a positive or negative change other than in the dogs themselves. So the dogs are much quieter. They're much more peaceful throughout the day. Um, the people that have been coming through, I feel, are more serious about wanting to adopt. So I don't think our adoption rates have gone up or down. I mean, in the months before we put this into place, we were only getting maybe five, six adoptions a month, and we're still only getting five, six adoptions per month. So I... I think it's positive only in that the animals, the dogs themselves, are just a lot calmer and having a better time in their kennels. Um, And I really haven't heard, I mean, in person, much negative feedback from people coming in. Most people, once you explain it, tend to understand and feel like it's a good decision for the dogs. And again, you haven't seen an increase or decrease in adoption. So it hasn't really affected that from what you can tell. It's only really affected the dogs, which was the purpose of the policy change. Yeah, exactly. Now, how is the dog side doing over there, Cindy? What do our numbers look like? 
Um, <clears throat> they are kind of consistently high. Um, we're at 41 dogs right now. Um, out of 136 animals total. So we have 93 cats at the moment, which is way lower than we have been at lately. Um, but dogs has just kind of remained pretty consistent um, up in those higher numbers. You know, I w- I'd want to say it's been pretty close to 40 here for months. Um, <clears throat> we, like I said, have not been averaging a whole lot of adoptions and that hasn't just been recently. That's been pretty much all of last year. Um, and we are getting more in than we can get out. I mean, we still have our surrender list. And there's, I was thinking the last time I looked at it, there's like 15 dogs on our surrender list waiting to come in. So Now, when it comes to, to seasons... You guys said that, yes, there is a season for cats, believe it or not. You get a lot more, especially the younger ones mm-hmm. around springtime. Is there like a season for dogs once the winter hits and those and maybe some stray dogs come closer into town and the CSOs manage to get them and then take them in? Is there a season for that? Um, I, it's typically about the same, like about springtime, I feel like, or summer. Um, summer is usually a little higher. Uh, you know, kids are home, leaving gates open, dogs busting through doors with the kids. I hear that a lot. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but, you know, there are certain times within the summer that are definitely higher. Obviously, like s- super stressful times for animals, um, like the 4th of July any New Year's, you know, anything with fireworks or big celebrations in town, we typically, we try to prepare that, you know, we're going to get a couple dogs in at least. Right, right, because, and that is something that we deal with even here uh, over in Buffalo. Folks like their fireworks, Mm -hmm. which I totally support fireworks, but we take measures to ensure that the animals are taken care of, and if they get too close, we've got to Make sure that they're all right because, boy, that is an anxiety oh, yeah. uh, tossing event. I'll tell you that. <laughs> now, uh, we talked about the barn cat program. Folks, if you need some barn cats, they've got them available. Just stop by over there, fill out one of those applications. If they don't have barn cats available, that application's going to stay on file. You're going to be able to go in there, they'll give you a call. Go pick yourself up a barn cat. Sue, Cindy, I want to thank you both so much for coming in this morning, speaking with me. It was great to speak with you, Sue. I know you and I have met face-to-face once before, but uh, I wish I could have seen you, given you a (laughs) high five today. Thank you. All right. When we return, we're going to speak with the cast of Waiting on Gardo. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. Have you ever wondered what makes First Federal Bank and Trust unique? We're a mutual bank, which means our focus is on you. Unlike other banks, we don't pay shareholders. We pay our community. At First Federal Bank and Trust, your financial interests drive our decisions. 
Bank with us and experience the mutual bank difference, where the power of community fuels your financial success. First Federal Bank and Trust is Sheridan's only mutual bank. Member FDIC. Shan Foster with Country Pet Inn on why training your dog is important. Dogs need rules, guidelines for life, just like we do. Through training, what you're doing is you're giving the dog a set of rules, that this is what we do in our household. This is how we stay comfortable. So often we overlook what our dog's basic needs are in their home, and that's having structure. I imagine a lot of people feel like the dog is part of the family, but they struggle with how to incorporate that properly. The easiest way to incorporate that is by teaching it basically a language through consistency and repetition petition and through praise and correction, the dog can learn to be happy with the rules. You're clearly very passionate about this area and Absolutely. Uh, able to help people if they're struggling in getting this to work properly. Yes, and I, I'm more than happy to do that. There's very few things in life that bring me joy when I see that a person and their dog or a family and their dog are communicating and just having a good time together. That's my goal. Find out more about training, boarding, and doggy day camp online at thecountrypetin.com. Or call Shan Foster at 674-8542. Moss Holders Design Center is here to help you create a space that you'll love. If you're relocating, remodeling, or just refreshing your home, Moss Holders' talented design team can help you through the process. With free in-home consultations, Moss Holders will be able to find the furniture and finishing touches that work best with your space, your lifestyle, and your budget. So if you want to change the look of just one room or furnish an entire home, Moss Holders designers can get it done. Moss Holders, furniture is our passion. This is the captain at Captain Clean. Do you have a giant mess you need cleaned up? Did you just build a house or building and can't tackle the amount of unforeseen sheetrock dust? Call our team at Captain Clean and let our experts take over. From post-construction cleanups to sewer backups, there is rarely a mess too big for us to tackle. Call Captain Clean today, 672-0726. Affordable choices for healthy living. We clean more for you. From sleek sedans to spacious SUVs, wearing Sheridan Chevrolet has got the wheels to match your lifestyle with the surge in new inventory sales. Wearing Chevrolet is taking in a lot of high-quality, low-mile, pre-owned vehicles spanning all makes and models. The team at Wearing Chevrolet is dedicated to guiding you through the entire process. Visit WearingSheridan.com or stop by 107 East Alger and let the team introduce you to the wearing way of buying a vehicle. WearingSheridan.com. Okay, remember your mom saying, don't make that face or it'll freeze that way. Well, if you ignored her and now you're stuck with that face, the Health Nut can help. Yep, the Health Nut has healthy choices of lotions for your skin and essential oils and diffusers and sea salt lamps to soothe your nerves after walking around with that froze face. Remember, say that again and I'll wash your mouth out with soap. The Health Nut has natural soaps, too. The Health Nut, dedicated to getting you healthy and keeping you that way. Located in Sheridan's 5th Street Mall. Shop, donate, volunteer. Ahoy there, mateys. It's Arnold the Pirate speaking to you from the ReStore, where we've been slashing prices of furniture, appliances, cabinets, and items for your yard. We have the best deals on the seven seas, and when you spend your doubloons here, the proceeds go to building homes right here in Sheridan County. So come see us today, the ReStore, 44 Fort Road. Um, what's a pirate's favorite letter? No, it's not the R, it's the C. <laughs> Have you been considering buying or selling real estate? My name is Callie Munsick and I was born and raised in Buffalo. 
I have years of experience working as a real estate marketing consultant. Let me take my knowledge and passion for real estate to help navigate you through your real estate transaction. Call me to discuss all of your options or check us out online at buffalorealtyllc.com. Callie at Buffalo Realty, connecting people with property. I, I will go into a Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse Proudly, brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. The Civic Theater Guild is going to continue its season with a classic Samuel Beckett tragic comedy. It's called Waiting for Gardot, and it's directed by Jordan Davis. For the second part of our show this morning, I am joined by the director, Jordan Davis. Actors Dan Cole, David Jensen, J.J. Ryan, and Michael Sandvig. Good morning and welcome to the show, folks. Hey, good morning. Good morning. morning. Got a whole room full over there. The only person who's not present is me. And uh, once again, I am sorry I couldn't be there this morning, but uh, you can't can't compete against uh, old man Winter when he decides to close a road. Oh, absolutely not. So this morning I'm going to start with Jordan. Uh, Jordan, what inspired you to direct this play in particular? Yeah, I fell in love with this play. I was looking for a show to direct. I have directed a little bit in my past, and I haven't done anything in Sheridan. Um, So I was literally just cruising Amazon looking for a show to do and saw Waiting for Godot, ordered it um, maybe a couple months ago, read it, and just fell in love with the play. It's uh, it's dry, it's sarcastic, it's got this um, crazy sort of ethereal um, bent to it. It's a little philosophical. It really opens up a lot of fun questions, and it's just, uh, it's, it's like Beckett it calls it a tragic comedy. I hadn't read anything like it. Now, I've heard that the dialogue in this production can be a little difficult um, I'll end up asking the actors how how they feel about that. But Jordan, do you feel that the dialogue in this is a bit of a challenge? It's got a lot of lines, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a uh, it's definitely a dialogue heavy play. It's four people. And it's largely two leads uh, carrying the whole show, and um, uh, it is a lot of talking. Now. Let's let's talk about absurdism, and uh, anyone feel free to to go ahead and chime in. I would just ask that you say your name. But but Jordan, what is absurdism, and how does that belief system or philosophy apply to this production? Absurdism is sort of a response to the events in the 1940s, and it kind of leans into um, almost a. a like a fatalistic sort of approach and finding the comedy in the, uh, in the serious a little bit. Um, and I think Beckett does a great job of walking that line of kind of exploring some heavy themes and, and questioning reality, questioning life and existence, but also um, keeping it pretty light in some moments. This, this, this philosophy can get pretty deep, and I don't want to go off too far into the weeds on it, but this is basically the outlook that there is no rhyme or reason to the universe at all, that there is no, 
no overarching purpose to any life. It's all chaos. But in the face of that chaos, we must be able to find love, we must be able to find joy, and we just have to laugh in the face of the madness of it all. Is that about it? Yeah, I don't think I could put it any better than that. Dan, I'm going to switch over to you. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Hi, uh, it's it's. I, I wish I could see you. Um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll do her. We'll do her this way. Now, who who do you play in this production, Dan? I play a man called Vladimir, um, who has a friend named Astragon, and they have been in a desolate wasteland for fifty years. And it's almost like uh, Groundhog Day every day. They don't really understand why they're there or what they did the day before uh, but they know that they're waiting for something uh, they're waiting for a man or a, or a thing called Godot um, so that's why they are there and yeah it's been it's been very interesting this play has been uh, it's it's taken everybody through how we can find ways to make it funny and um, really kind of try to find a meaning in absurdism because it is, like you said, absurdism um, encompasses a lot of things that were going on in the 40s with the war. And, you know, people kind of, I think, were feeling that in their own lives. So, Dan, did you have trouble making some sort of uh, identification with the character? Or was this easy and... and Depending on the answer, why? Yeah, um, definitely not easy. Um, and one thing we kind of tried to do with this play, Floyd, is kind of find the comedy in it because it can it can kind of uh, twirl itself around in loops. Um, and so, a good uh, one of the greatest things that Jordan has done is really find that comedy, that comedic essence um, in this meaningless. Um, kind of and I wouldn't say it's meaningless it can't be whatever you know you make it to be I think there's a lot of meanings actually within the play um Beckett swears it's not about waiting for God I don't know if I believe that I when I read it I I, I think it's about two men waiting for God so almost like perhaps they're in a purgatory yes exactly yes they're definitely in a purgatory um and yeah, like I say, it's kind of like Groundhog Day every day for them, um, and it loops, it loops. So it's challenging to find um, how to do things different, you know, because there's a lot of repetition. And um, yeah, but it's fun. I mean, I love this play. It's, it's actually one of my favorite plays of all time. So, Jordan, coming back to you, would you say that a lot of this? to find the comedy in it was directing or, or suge making suggestions to the actors on when or how to say a particular phrase. I, tr <clears throat> I try not to do that too much. I think directing good directing, in my opinion, coming from more on the actor side myself, but good directing really is about freeing and, um, embracing each per each actor's unique vision and giving them the confidence and the space to really like embody and characterize the 
the person and the role that they're playing and give them freedom to experiment. So I've tried to maybe bring a few things. A lot of it is in the script. I find you don't really need to go and try to try to put more in the script that's not there or be kitschy or invent bits that aren't there. Um, you know, we try to try to stick as much as we can to what, um, you know, the, the writer intended, what Beckett intended in the script and bring out the moments that he put there maybe and put our own unique flavor on them, but um, not add in things that aren't in the script. So, um, so for me, it's, it's been about identifying those moments and capitalizing on them, but largely just pushing and, and giving space for, for these guys and the actors to um, just give it their all and have freedom and confidence to, to, to do what they want to do. David, good morning. Who do you portray in this in this play? Good morning, Floyd. Um, so I actually play Estragon, um, Vladimir's friend, um, and it's been it's been a ton of fun doing this. Um, I've done, I think this is my second show now with the Civic Theater Guild, um, and I've been having a blast. Um, it's like they've been talking about a lot of comedy, um, a lot of physical comedy, which is something I really enjoy doing, and I get to do quite a bit of that in this show. Did you have a, a, a difficult time identifying with your character? Or, or I guess we've all gone through our own sense of purgatory at some point in our lives. Were you able to dig into that moment in your life? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean, not to get too personal, but I've definitely had some moments of, of darkness in my time. I think we all have, like you said. Um, and so even though, you know, I'm in my early 30s and my character is a man who's supposed to be in his 60s or 70s, you know, um, I've definitely had a lot of time to dig into the character and the feelings that they express. And it's been, it's been really good. Um, I think Dan's been a, a great person to play off of. Um, Jordan's been a great director, kind of letting us guide ourselves and giving us pointers here and there. But, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been a great experience so far. An education, Floyd. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a different way, a different theater, you know, a different type of theater. It's uh, 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 challenging, and um, it's fun to delve into that. Now, I'm going to move on to JJ. JJ, what is your role? Well, good morning, Floyd. Uh, I play Pazzo. And I would explain Pazzo kind of as kind of a pompous, a little bit bipolar kind of jubilee guy um, when he needs to. But then he's pretty serious and down to business when it comes to his help. Um, so uh, it's, it's definitely fun. It's definitely a different kind of, of role for me. I've done a lot of serious. And then, you know, I do like the, you know, the Rocky Horror Show every year and stuff. And so I really enjoy the comedy. But this really gets to push kind of my ability with that. Um, but it's been a great challenge as well because the dialogue, I mean, it's just, it's so great. You know, some of the stuff is very poetic and some of it's, it's just really cool to, to figure out what it means and to try to play that through emotion and through, through the comedy aspect. And then the serious to switch to the, the serious is just, it's a really cool balance. Um, I'm just, I'm having a lot of fun. He's pretty loud and pompous and I'm, I'm pretty good at that. So I think, I think it's, a, it's a good fit. <laughs> We all we all find our niche, right? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> now, now, when it comes to that dialogue, uh, and and I'm, I'm addressing you on this one, JJ. Is there like a, almost like a ballet, like a dance between you and your fellow actors? 
within the delivery. And I don't mean just saying the line. Oh, yes. But yes, definitely. Yes, reflecting that almost like they're a mirror where you throw something at them and they throw it back. Is there a lot of that in this? Part? Oh, yes. And it's got a really good balance, too, because, I mean, we really play off of each other. And some of the some of the stuff gets really comical because of how fast it goes and how how repetitive it is, you know, and the reactions of, you know, from one dialogue to the next, you know, they really fit into each other quite well. And it adds a lot to the comedy. You know, I mean, things happen in threes, you know, and it, it's comic gold. And and there's a lot of that. Um, but with it, it also goes into a lot of serious, and the serious plays off of each other as well. And so I think it's just got a really good balance of, you know, interaction with each other and then quite a bit of individual shine for each actor as well. Switching over to Michael, good morning. Good morning. Uh, what is your role in the production? Uh, I play Lucky the Slave. Lucky the slave. Yeah. <laughs> who is who is Lucky the slave? Uh, Lucky the slave. He um, is the slave of Pozzo, and you know he just he's just you know trying to do the best he can to try and like prove him prove himself or prove his worth to him, so that way like he can keep because that's all he'll keep him. So that way he knows like I can fulfill my sense of purpose. Now, are Lucky and Pozzo? Uh, Quite possibly, a sense of mythological creatures in the real setting. Yeah, actually, are they are they something who knows where everyone's at? Yeah, I mean, I I could definitely. I never looked at it quite that way. Um, I'm not super familiar with the play, if I'm honest. But um, yeah, I never really looked at it that way. I would I would definitely say um, they really kind of mimic the other characters in the play. Um, and so it's written really well because of that. Um, but like some of the dialogue, I mean, they've been walking on this road for 60 years together, you know, and so kind of the same as, as the two hobos, you know, they, they've been walking kind of in this parallel, not really knowing what's going on, but he stays confident through that for most of it, you know? And so it, it really mm -hmm. shows that maybe he's kind of a, a, a voice of reason or a voice of something, you know, that comes at first. And of course, you know, that kind of changes towards the end. Yeah. Um, but I, I really think that maybe they kind of represent, you know, there's a rope involved and the, the slave is on a rope, you know, and so that probably represents maybe, you know, the, the rope of life and things. And so I think there's a lot of hidden meaning be, behind the characters. Absolutely. And that's kind of how I felt, uh, you know, being how they've been there 60 years. And, and real quick, switching over, Dan, how long have the two hobos been leaning on the tree? Or do we even know that? Yeah, they make a reference to about 50 years. Um, that, once again, time is somewhat irrelevant in this world. They're not sure. Um, and that question gets brought up a lot. It's like, how long have we been here? That, I don't know, 50 60 years, perhaps, but they don't really actually know. Um, yeah. I, I find this play really interesting because we're not sure where we are. Only the images. And, and like, Dan, you're reading in that maybe this could be like a purgatory. Maybe this is something that, uh, you know, these, these gentlemen had to face for years at a time. Jordan, how did you choose... To approach setting, I want this. I wanted this play to not really be defined, so we created an ethereal background. Um, 
we try to give as few specifics in our color choices that would be determinant as possible to keep everything a little bit gray. Um, I think that's in the spirit of the play. There's a lot of great questions, you know, back to Pozzo's, um, I guess, character or, or reality, Pozzo and Lucky. There's a line that he says, um, of the same species as myself, uh, as the same species as Pozzo regarding Estragon and Vladimir. And I think that it just sort of builds a little question. Are we, are we human? Are they human? Do they actually exist? There's a couple of references to self-existence throughout the play. Um, so I didn't want to determine anything for the audience. I wanted them to come and experience it for themselves, have a few laughs and, um, definitely leave with a few questions. And I, I think those are always the best productions. Something that makes me laugh, makes me cry, maybe even makes me a little angry. But when I walk out, not everything is answered. Do you think that was Beckett's intention? Absolutely. Yeah, he deliberately doesn't didn't answer a lot of questions uh, after the play uh, was put up, and um, that's that's sort of the nature of the absurdist movement too. Is that it's a little undefined and ethereal. I also want to give a shout-out uh, real quick, Floyd. My son Sam is in the, sh the cast. He's not here today, but he plays the two, uh, two roles in the play. He plays a, a boy and the boy's older brother in the show. Um, so this is his first stage credit. He's eight years old. <laughs> oh, fantastic. <laughs> Sam's big debut. I think that's amazing. Uh, that's pretty cool. Now, uh, I've only got about two minutes left. So, Jordan, I'm going to ask you where and when... Can we see this production? Absolutely. This show is premiering March 7th, 8th, and 9th. And again on the uh, 14th, 15th, and 16th at 7 p.m. at the Carriage House Theater. And the Sunday, as we have two Sunday matinee shows that are going to be the 10th and the 17th at 2 p.m. And so tickets can be purchased at yotheater.com at the Wyo Theater box office or the day of the show at the Carriage House Theater box office. Now, I want to thank all of you for, for braving the weather and coming down and seeing me. I know it wasn't the most ideal situation. I would have loved to have been in the studio with you, but I greatly appreciate you playing along over the phone, and I wish you guys nothing but the best of luck. And uh, go out there break those legs, and have a great time. I know you've been working really hard on this. Thank you. Thank you, Floyd. Yeah, thank Thanks you for, for having us. And stay warm, friend. No, definitely will. I'm in my robe in my kitchen right now. So, <laughs> all right. Well, lucky you. <laughs> you've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE at 103.9 FM. Shared it. A memorial for fallen Sheridan police officers, Sergeant Nevada Crinky, has been established at First Federal Bank and Trust under the name of Carla Crinky or FBO of Nevada Crinky. If you'd like to honor him, this is your opportunity. Bring your donations by First Federal Bank and Trust on the corner of Illinois and Coffin Avenue, or you can mail them to First Federal Bank and Trust. P.O. Box 6007, Sheridan, Wyoming. 
branded with quality. Shipton's Big R. It's all right here, everything you need. Shipton's Big R. Whether you're in the saddle or out on the town, take advantage of this special offer from Shipton's Big R and Ariat. Receive a $20 gift card with your $100 purchase of Ariat Denim. Ariat Denim is expertly constructed from the inside out. You'll know they're the right jeans for you the moment you put them on. Men's, ladies, kids, we have you covered with the comfortable feel of Ariat Denim at Shipton's Big R. Offering the largest, most complete selection of Ariat with a fit and finish for everybody. And now, through March 3rd, you'll receive a $20 gift card with your $100 area jeans purchase at Shipton's Big R on Sugarland Drive in Sheridan. Branded with quality, Shipton's Big R. Here today with Candace Crane from Sheridan Honda and Power Sport. Tommy, hi. Did you know we have not one but two master certified technicians at Sheridan Honda? We recently added Sam Phelps to the team. Sam is a master certified domestic technician, but actually started his career with Honda Motor Company. It's impressive. And if you have a Honda, our Honda Master Tech, Joel Larson, has probably worked in your car. He's been with us for 15 years and was recently recognized as having one of the highest percentages in the nation for fixed right first time. For all your automotive needs, call Sheridan Honda today. Sheridan School District number two is hiring a school nurse at Henry A. Coffin Elementary. This position offers medical, dental, and vision insurance, an employee pension, and school holidays and summers off. Work hours are six and a half hours a day, Monday through Friday, from 7.45 a.m. to 2.45 p.m. Candidate must hold a current Wyoming registered nurse license or be a licensed practical nurse. Learn more today online at scsd2.com. Look for the new Mead Legacy Home Plan Collections in the Connect Home Center Flyer in this week's Country Bounty. With efficient and affordable one-level plans to large multi-level homes, there's a plan for you, and they can help with a contractor, too. If you're already a homeowner and planning a remodel, browse the kitchen showrooms right here in their Sheridan store. Then shop for all the items you like. Get inspired with the Connect Home Center Flyer and shop locally at 1836 South Sheridan Avenue in Sheridan. From Billings to Buffalo, this is the News Talk Station, FM 103.9 and 930 AM KROE. KROE. 